0: Hello and welcome to episode 591 of the Sleeper and the Bust. It is Sunday, August 19th. I'm your host, Paul Spohr, joined by Nick Pollock for this week's Fireside Chat. Nick, what's up?
1: What is happening? Yes, we've got a fun fireside. Today we're gonna talk about not deuces, broken but aces. aces. Broken aces, yes.
0: Broken aces. Now Sometimes your aces get cracked if you play poker. These aces are a little bit cracked uh, we're going to talk about three guys obviously who came in with uh, with ace caliber expectations and have had a varied uh, performance uh, Delivering to those expectations And we're going to talk about three different guys We are we are going to kind of divide it up un, uh, Unequally though Because we're going to talk about Noah Syndergaard and He's really going to be the focus here uh, He's got the most innings on the year at 102 thirds Then we'll talk a little bit about Steven Strasburg And then you Darvish after his His outing today So uh, we're going to get in on these guys Because these are guys that I think people are going to have questions for Obviously for the rest of the year But then also going forward Because again These were unmet expectations for all three this year. And things change quickly with pitchers, right? Think about... Rewind a year, year and a half ago, and where we were with like Chris Archer to where we are now—how quickly that can change—and and you know Madison Bumgarner after the bike accident now, and then this year it's kind of been eh. so things change quickly even at the top end. So I think it's worth digging in on these guys, but we are again going to start and focus on Noah Syndergaard because he's the one that's pitching. He's up right right now, and it's been okay. I mean, you can't really say you're not getting anything this April. He's he was back uh, after a short stint in uh, at the end of July on the DL, his second of the season. And he's had four starts. He's gone six innings in three of the four. Um, not giving up more than four earned in any of them. A lot of strikeouts to be had still. Uh, we're looking at, let's see, 22 strikeouts. In, ah, not as many as I thought. Pardon me. 22 strikeouts in 26 innings. Only six walks, only one homer, but 27 hits. Uh, the bottom line this year is 102 thirds of a 340 and a 125 ERA whip combo with a 9.4 strikeout rate. Let me get you a little uh, K percentage 24. here. 24.5%. Okay, so just just over the, uh, the K percentage inning usually like to be in that 25 percent range small walk rate as well which i really like to see um let's see what's he at five percent five percent so you gotta like those two combos there and again There's no way where Syndergaard's killing your season or anything. But he certainly hasn't delivered up to the expectations that he had. And I think I had him fifth on my board coming into the year for starting pitchers. So what are you seeing out of Noah Syndergaard lately? Um, And and what do you expect during these final six weeks that we're going to have him for? There is so much to talk about here. There really
1: is. It's fun. Okay. Uh, Well, first of all, we have to talk about – well, I'm just going to get us out of the way. I think a lot of people really want to discuss the fact that he has – He's allowed 25 stolen bases in 17 games, mm-hmm. and a lot of people feel like that's the problem. Is that anytime someone gets on base, then all of a sudden, oh, that becomes a double almost because they're in scoring position. Slight, right. Yeah. At the same time, it is a 74% left on base rate, and I mean that. Yeah, that is also amplified by the fact that it's a 0.5 home per nine. So you know he's not, which has been a career long skill. By the way,
0: he's at right, 0.7 for first Right, career and authority. you would actually
1: think. With that low home run per nine, right, you'd have a higher than 74% left on base rate. So, yeah, maybe that's kind of nullifying the two. But I don't think that's really the issue here. Uh, the bigger thing is this massive 343 bad up, And probably the most, I think it's my favorite article I've written at Photographs was that Noah Syndergaard piece back in March where I got a good excuse to use MS Paint, because anytime you can do that in any profession. (laughs)
0: Anytime that you are in MS Paint, you're winning (laughs) at your job.
1: So I had a really fun time talking about why Noah Syndergaard had a 334 BABIP in 2016, 337 in 2017, and why that might be a high again in 2018. It's at 343 now with 17 games started and 100 innings pitched. What was
0: your main takeaway there on on why? Well,
1: he's a thrower not a pitcher. Okay. Uh, that he's also often leaving his fastballs over the plate, kind of saying, go ahead and hit it, and guys are just yeah. slapping it. Challenged. And even though they're not going yard on it, they're still making good enough wood that they're going to get a lot of singles, a lot of doubles even.
0: Uh, it's almost kind of the that- reverse... Uh, of the MLB trend, right, where, where homers are kind of the, the only way you score against guys, you can actually get rallies going against Thor because you get a few runners on, you get a few more key singles, and all of a sudden you're 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 pushing runs across that way. And again, not not that the ERA is through the roof, but you're getting those three four runs by collecting hits.
1: Now, I don't want to I don't want to completely spoil. I have a whole narrative here. I'm excited. I, <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> but we're gonna I'm gonna go through. I mean, essentially, Thor has a f- five pitch repertoire. Uh, and among this, at the end, just keep in mind: at the end of the day, he has 26% soft contact and 21% hard. So that's real, wow! That's amazing. Uh, yeah, that low 21% hard contact—you don't see that. That's wild. That's a and, career best, by
0: the way. Oh yeah, I mean that's one of the best I've ever seen of a guy. Yeah, I was going to say that's be a major league—you know, damn near major, darn near major league best. Right,
1: and 26 soft contact—that's right up there too. I. Mm-hmm. Uh, not to mention he has this 24.5% K rate yet a 14 and a half percent swing strike rate. That should be 30% plus. And I mean, I don't think anyone watching Thor would have any doubt that he shouldn't have that 30% Still
0: has strikeout a rate. Low swing rate. So, I mean, so it's all kinda weird.
1: It's all really weird here. And I think I have some solution or some answer as to why this is all happening. Uh, but just keep that in mind as, as I go through this, uh, it all kind of starts with a sinker. I posted this, uh, a strike zone plot of his most recent start up on Twitter. Actually, uh, Brad Johnson and Andrew Perpetro got involved a bit talking about it. It has a 294 batting average allowed and a 341 bat in itself. And the locations of it are just too high. Uh, every single one in that strike zone plot was actually about 43 pitches, maybe four were not in the, uh, the top half, the middle or top half of the zone only about four pitches were in the bottom third which is wrong if you're throwing a sinker you don't want that one elevated yeah uh, the reason we talk about elevated fastballs a lot you might be thinking what are we talking about sinkers the fastball you want that up well not no. sinkers because four sinkers go against go against why we want to throw elevated four seamers four seamers have that extra rise because of their backspin as they released and sinkers don't have that because they're going you know, they're trying to go down so actually any sort of deception in that I uh, anyway, you know, batters are going to swing underneath it slightly as they try and chase elevated stuff while the balls are going to fall into that bat. So we don't want that with sinkers up. We want them down if we're throwing them. I actually am, I've changed completely as far as my theory of at least with the hitting landscape about how I feel about sinkers in general. I just think it should be off the plate inside or just not thrown at all. But that's another story
0: (laughs) because of the swing patterns of guys lifting. And so they're going to go right into their perfect swing pattern. Exactly. More often than not, unless you're getting nasty movement, like you said, off the plate or below well below the zone, too, because not even not even right at that, you know, bottom line of the zone. That's almost the money spot for for a guy trying to uh, leave the yard all the time on a sinker. So I agree with you there.
1: Um, yeah, exactly. I mean, Mike Trout showed that. Like, okay, I'm a great yep. low ball hitter, and I can essentially be the best player in the league because everyone does this. <laughs> uh. But And then he adapted along with everyone else because he's Mike Trout. Anyway, um. so what he's doing is against right-handers, it's actually middle-middle. That's the time that you would want to think, okay, I, I've seen guys say, you know what? I'm going to throw four seamers up and in to lefties and then sinkers to right-handers up and in, essentially. That's fine. I'm great with that. The problem is that when he's locating his sinkers against right-handers, it's pretty much middle-middle, if not slightly away. And then left-handers is where he's actually going away from, so along that uh, arm side on the corner. That's not a good game plan. I don't Mm -hmm. like that at all. That's going to make it very easy for guys, again, especially with the velocity, slap out the bat, and especially if it's elevated with this, that makes it a lot easier. So sinkers, you got to change that. That's right there. It's kind of why he's a thrower and not a pitcher.
0: Because he's just so thor's just challenging game. with these sinkers right. and losing that battle too often. Yes,
1: definitely. Um, so then you're like four seamers, right? Okay, you should be throwing more four seamers. Maybe that's kind of the solution. I do agree with that. He's only throwing them 15.5% of the time as opposed to sinkers at about 38 to 40%. I uh, but four seamers, okay, a little bit better. He throws it up and into lefties, that's great. But the thing is, he's only throwing 150 of those compared to the 300 of sinkers against lefties. So that's not the right approach. That's not what you want to be doing. But he did do this a little bit against Cesar Hernandez and Carlos Santana but, and Nick Williams, but he didn't do it enough. He barely did it. It's it, it just it's not enough. And then right-handers is pretty much, yeah, just out over the plate. It's not elevated at all. If anything, it's down. And that's wrong with four-seamers. You want that up. And that's going to get
0: you smoked.
1: Batting average allowed, 318. BABIP, 339. Right. So this is all so far. It's exactly in line. There's no just it's not like his his four seamers are elevating the bat, but bring it down. It's exactly in line so far.
0: So I don't want to uh trump anything here. So if yeah, it's well, coming yeah, up, yeah. let me know. Are we going to get into how much of the fact that even when he makes mistakes, he does not have a defense capable of turning any of those mistakes into outs because they are a horrendous well, defense? This
1: is this is one of the reasons I was going to get into is that maybe that's why you have this. Okay, uh, It's not helping. I, I mean, I, I'll, I'll, I guess I'll go a little bit more into this later, but okay, essentially, I think that that is kind of getting too, too pitch the contact heavy.
0: Which is this is like the wrong team to do it. They are literally twenty eighth in defensive runs saved, with only the Orioles and Phillies, an, act, an actual contender, is in dead last. And so uh, that that could be something interesting we could talk about maybe in September if they are tracking toward the playoffs, how their defense could hurt them. But okay, we'll get into that more. uh Let's keep going. We're on four seamers with Thor. Are we move on to the next pitcher? Do you have any more points on the four seamer?
1: Oh, I mean that's pretty much it with four seamers. I think that's actually a much better avenue for him. But yeah. Mm to locate it better he needs to be more consistent up and into left handers and then also go up and into right handers he has so much velocity it's a really good pitch just don't just throw it in the middle i don't it it doesn't work
0: (laughs) we say this all the time right you can throw 98 on average he's 97 4 if it's straight and over the heart of the plate every major leaguer in the league is going to eventually get to it they're just i mean you know, It's a little bit hyperbole. I'm sure there's some bad fastball hitters, but so many guys, mediocre guys, lower level guys, they're going to get it, let alone the studs. It's just not right. He's not – that goes really strongly to your point about pitcher, not throw – or uh, thrower, not pitcher right. with regards to Thor's fastballs. So let's get into the secondaries. All
1: right. So the, what's the money one, right? What's the great one? It's the slider, right? Slide piece, yes. It's, it's incredibly someone at 92 miles per hour. Man, it's, it's so a, gross. It's a 2-2 batting average allowed. That's awesome. But guess what? <laughs> It's a 354 BABIP.
0: <laughs> wow! Even his so slider. this could be he could have like an 070 average if he had more of an you know yeah. um, average BABIP or better.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's crazy. And I don't I don't understand this one. This one's cra- this one's wild to me. It's a it's a 27% swing strike rate, a whiff rate that is when they swing 48%. That is essentially only 52% contact. Right,
0: the inverse. They of that. swing, they miss it almost half the time. That right. is. It's That's it's nuts.
1: Forty five percent O swing. And the thing is he doesn't throw it over the plate. It normally ends down and away to right handers and then just down and into to, to left handers, which is really good. I'm I'm all for this. But the thing is actually when it is over the plate, they're just they're hitting it. It's actually a seventy seven percent Z contact, which is a little surprising for pitch surprising. throwing that hard uh and with good movement too, I would imagine I don't know really why that is. Maybe when he doesn't get that location, he just it's a cement mixer. It's so a cement mixer, I guess. Yep.
0: That's exactly. What uh, I was gonna I, say.
1: So I mean, I know how you love that phrase. So I went. I was. It's so. It's so. It
0: it's so. <laughs> perfectly <laughs> describes the bad pitches because you just think about how slow it would be coming in. Anyway, I do love that phrase. I you, overuse it. I you also, that.
1: when you're a pitcher and you throw that, you make the same noise as a Sim- <laughs> <laughs> as a
0: cement Sven- <laughs> mixer. <Ugh. laughs> uh, but yeah, okay. So. Interesting. So, bottom line is the slider is still very good. Even with the 77% Z contact, there's still – everything is, is workable with that slider. It's still doing its job more than not. Right. I, um, think,
1: I think also if he had a better fastball approach, then we'll see a lower Babbitt on the slider too because then they'll be more yes. fearful. and They look very aggressive. So, when it is over the plate uh, – I mean, essentially against Syndicate, you want to be aggressive. You want to go after those fastballs. So, when a slider is over the plate – you're going to swing at that and it normally when it's over the plate it's not the best one which means that you're going to have more contact on it. Okay. That's why I think that's happening with that 354 bat because again it's only the balls that are
0: in play which are few and far between but right. even still. And again I think the defense would play a role there too. They're making contact. They're they're not turning them into outs with any regularity.
1: 100%. So that's a 56 balls in play, uh 17 hits there. <laughs> Know, right. That's 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 the numbers there. So all right, so he has this really good slider. Hopefully that gets better. I've got change two up, more. Though. I've got two more. <laughs> then the other one is this changeup. I I really really love this changeup. When I when I saw Cindergard in his debut, uh, back against uh, the Chicago Cubs back in 2015, I remember him throwing a two zero and a two one changeup against a right handed batter. I
0: know and the exact sequence so you're talking about.
1: Excited, I was. You know, I mean, I heard so much about Cindergard. It's all, always with these top prospects. I sit down, I watch them, I try and figure them out. I loved a lot about him, the the straight mechanics, everything. Obviously, the heat and everything. But I saw that change up. I was like, "Oh man, you're not supposed to have this yet."
0: That's how we fell in love with Castillo, by the way.
1: Right, right. I'm just
0: saying that's that's why.
1: <laughs> this is true. I uh, thing is, he only he's only thrown it 50 times against righties this entire season,
0: and that's it, annoying. It, it, it's a 16% pitch this year. It's down uh, three ticks from last year. Yeah,
1: that's not... I don't want that.
0: Swans, no, I'd rather oh, see that plus,
1: 200 plus against lefties, and he has excellent command of it, down and away. It's like right at the bottom of the corner of the, of the strike zone, and then it's off the plane underneath. O swings at 43%, 23% swing strike, strike rate, and I'm okay at 23, uh, Sorry, 33% zone rate. That's good,
0: mm-hmm. because
1: the guys are chasing it at a time, and this really should just be one of those mix-up pitches I mean, with that massive swing strike rate, that's fine. You don't need to have it in the zone a lot.
0: Let me ask you a question on, on yes. this because you mentioned that he's not throwing enough to righties. And obviously a lot of people understand that changeups are for opposite handers. What is the determining factor for you when you believe that a same-handed changeup can be a true weapon? Is there is there a I distinguishing really, factor well, or is okay. it judged so, by case by case?
1: Sure, yeah. So there's an idea that if you are throwing secondary pitches, you throw the pitch that goes away from the batter as opposed to coming towards it. Right, yes. if you if you're going into the bat is what they say. Well, I say with a changeup that has a lot of drop, it doesn't matter if you throw it beneath the zone. Okay. Uh, and that I mean, you see that with Mike Scherzer. You see that with someone else. We're going to talk about Stephen Strasburg a lot. Yes. Uh, Luis Castillo very good at keeping the ball under the zone. And if you can do that, it doesn't matter. You're going to have the same effect of thinking it's a fastball and it's not. And at just. a slower velocity and it drops. It it really does not matter. Uh, the problem happens when guys aren't consistent with that, and then they leave it up. And yes, then it does fall into the bat. It's either for them to pull down the line uh, very effectively because it comes into them. Maybe it's supposed to be away, and then it comes back in, and that's not good at all.
0: Okay, okay. So that's on the, uh, the change up, the same-handedness. If you have that nasty movement, you can use it against anybody.
1: Right. So you see the confidence against a right-hander to execute that. That's just another weapon. Right, they normally would have something else like a slider or curveball already for right-handers. Now you have another Mm -hmm. one against
0: the most predominant handedness. Yeah, it's not fair. Like when a guy like this is on, because he literally can use all five of these weapons against all all opponents.
1: So he said, "Guess what? His BABIP, (laughs) two seventeen batting average allowed on that changeup, three twenty
0: six BABIP. These BABIPs are through the roof. It doesn't stop." They all – all the Babbitt – so there's not – one thing as we know. It's not just one pitch elevating the Babbitt right. for for Thor. It's all of them contributing. It's it's ridiculous. All right. So let me have
1: one. Right, We have one more left. And actually, believe it or not, I, I don't have the cashier set up, and I can't do it because we're doing a Skype thing. I'm really sorry. <laughs> but this curveball is the closest to my definition of a money pitch, and I think I need to refine it a little bit. But it's a 14.5% swing strike rate, 44% zone rate, and just under – Oh, it's right. <laughs> nice, forty percent O swing. So it's so close. We can round up maybe to get that as a money pitch. I think it actually has a negative pitch value. Um, and the reason for that is because it has a four twenty nine bad hip.
0: No way, dude. Yes, Thor's curve has a four twenty nine
1: bad, hip and it Z, does. By the way, Z contact is at ninety four point five percent. So inside the so zone, any when curve guys in the zone. Swing, they hit, They make contact ninety five percent of the time.
0: So it's like two that haven't made. You know, I yeah, mean, because right. <laughs> yeah, how many exactly. has he even thrown? He's only yeah. thrown nine percent this year.
1: It's crazy. So, and what's happening That's is that when he throws it to uh, to right-handers, essentially he gets it like right at the bottom or below, or it hangs.
0: Yeah. Okay. Like,
1: very inconsistent. But when it is thrown correctly, it has those results as I as I just outlined to make it a money pitch. Uh two ninety two batting average allowed. So essentially the more of the story here is that everything in his repertoire is not going his way as far as, as far as balls in play, which was gonna lead into okay, how's
0: that defense? And maybe that is part of it. I, it can't I mean, be all of it, it though, because, be, because he's because also had bad Ips. Also, great. Exactly. So. That's a great point. Not to mention that this BABIP situation is not new. That's what was the impetus for your article early in the year. Um, The fact that he continually has this, this issue where it stands out 334, 337 the last two years. This year, career high 343. So the interplay there, yes, blame some on the defense, but this cannot just say it's just defense. Right. So what is other, the, what, how does that get fixed? Sorry, go ahead.
1: Yeah, sure. I mean the other other question people say, well, of course, you know, he can't hold runners on, so then it's gotta be like men on base from the stretch or something like that. No. It's a two thirty eight average with men on base, two eighty one with the base is empty. So I wouldn't make that argument that he's just struggling from the stretch or something like that. That's
0: I don't see that either. Plus, with all the stolen bases, I would think that he doesn't pitch differently. He clearly doesn't care. Right. So I would just make the <laughs> counter argument that it should be the same runners-on versus bases sure, empty. Yeah.
1: yeah, so what's the fix? I think it really does start with his fastball selection. I think his sinkers need to be pulled back a lot. It needs to be more four-seamers uh, and also focus on up and in. Gain that four-seamer up. He throws it so hard. And he should be able to live elevated with sliders and change-ups and curveballs down. He has everything. He's yeah, he's here. Really... I think he's just utilizing it wrong. Uh, and, I mean, I think that's really it. I think it's going to get better. I, I don't see. I just can't. I can't fathom that he's going to live at this twenty five sub-25% strikeout rate.
0: That just doesn't sound right to me. I agree. Um, I agree. I mean, you know how much I would love, by the way, to... to have these quote-unquote problems that were underlying and uh, have a 340 ERA right. and a 125 But This just speaks to how great he is and how much right. margin for error Thor has. But it also – we're hinting at how much better he can be. And we, by the way, we've seen it, right? 260, 115 for 184 innings right. in 2016. That's the guy he can be though. That, that guy is not gone. He needs to get back to it, though, and pitch selection, I agree, is a big issue. By the way, I retweeted your uh, sinker one, so for those that are looking for that, that'll be one of the higher tweets on my feed if you go look uh, at any point when you listen to this. If it's on Sunday night or, or Monday afternoon, it shouldn't be too far down. Take a look at that. You see for sinkers to have that much uh, concentration of the pitch in the upper third is so bad.
1: Yeah, that's just not where you want it at all. all right. Now, I essentially have two questions here. One... I uh, Do we really expect it to get much better if guys are being aggressive against Thor? Because that's clearly what they're doing now, and he doesn't really give them a reason not to be.
0: Yes, because I still think he can change. I still think he can develop. For the rest of this year, probably not. I think this might be an off-season sort of thing where he needs to kind of get in, in the lab there and, and figure it out either with a coach or on his own accord and say – This just didn't work. The results were not – again, not bad. You're not going to look at this and say it was a bad season. But he didn't – he's not maximizing this elite stuff. And you look back at 16 as the high watermark and you say, I can get back to – I totally agree that it's with the high force even with everything else that he has. Yes, I do believe he can get back to it. This year I think might be more of the status quo though to be honest.
1: Right. Now the other question I had – was, I mean, this is the fun stuff we, essentially, I'm going to be doing a ton in the last six, seven weeks of the year. Mm-hmm. Is where do we put Syndergaard in 2019?
0: You know, it's still going to be an easy top 10 for me. Because you're just not going to find this this excellent repertoire from too many guys uh, at age 26. Yes, there is the health concerns. But again, this was my my case to boost Paxton up was uh a 160 a 180 is is a lot more useful these, these days than it has been in the past because the, there aren't a throng of top guys going 200. They're just not that many. So even if he does kind of have the 1 DL stint a year Thor does and he's he's a 160 guy, it's still going to be great. So I'm still I'm still a guaranteed top 10 and I'm thinking probably somewhere in the 7 8 9 range. How about you?
1: Well well, first of all, I need to mention that I love that you used the word throng. I I, uh, I learned that word when I was young playing Heroes of Might and Magic, and I Bro, always loved it. That's
0: exactly it. where I learned that <laughs> word. Yes, that was such a good game that in the 90s. Oh, my amazing. God. What an amazing game that was! Oh, so good. Anyway, that's exactly where I learned that word, and I <laughs> first. On Wait, okay, so oh,
1: I mean, I'm looking. I'm looking at my list, which obviously needs to be updated tomorrow. It does every Monday with Trevor Bauer in the top ten now, mm-hmm. uh, but I mean, I don't know if I put Syndergaard in the top ten. I know that sounds crazy.
0: But no, it, I mean, it doesn't. Though I think it's fair to say.
1: Well, well, let me. Let me I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna say what it is now, and then we can see like who gets who goes out of it, right? Okay. Uh, Max Scherzer. Chris Sale, Jacob de deGrom, Kershaw, and Verlander. That's five. Then there's Bauer and Kluber and Cole. They're right at eight. Now we have the last four spots of Severino, Nola, Granke, uh, and Syndergaard with Paxton and Carrasco and Snell and Corbin kind
0: of knocking okay.
1: around. So- He's seven
0: in my most recent rankings. Mm-hmm. Uh, He was currently – when I posted these, this was back on August 3rd, so not that long ago with that. I'm just going to say there's drastic differences. But Kershaw was directly behind him, then Kluber, Granke, Paxton, Bauer, uh, Severino. They were all in the same tier, though. They're all number ones. Yeah, right. All fantasy aces. So we are kind of just – but you have to start making distinctions there, right? Because you're talking between first, second round at this point. Yeah, exactly. In leagues where you're going to draft that early. So I get it. Uh, the names you mentioned there, none of them that I find egregious. I want to focus on one, though, Kershaw. You seem yes. to have him definitively ahead. And I did mention the thing, which basically is a Kershaw thing, where you're going to bake in that one injury a year at this point, at least. And you're not – I'm not at least. I don't want to speak for you, but I don't think you are planning for anything more than, say, 175 on the high end.
1: Yeah, I mean, you have to do that at this point,
0: yes. So – do you want the 31 year old who's going to do that or the 26 year old?
1: I want. I want Kershaw. I want That's Kershaw over over Syndergaard just because he's a much better pitcher, quote unquote.
0: When we're talking about yes. pitcher, and, versus thrower, you agree with that?
1: 100. Uh, I mean, he's shown even like you want to call this a down year from Kershaw, still sub no. two five year, right? <laughs> LOL. I mean, right. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I'm not hearing anything. So no way. And, because and he's there's no been amazing. I, Not to mention, whatever injury history you want to give with Kershaw, you have to give one to Syndergaard equally, if not more.
0: Yeah, Uh, you're making the case. I I feel you on this, 100%. I I totally get it. Um, They're going to be very close for me. I don't know exactly where my 19 rank is going to be, but it's going to be – here's the thing. I hope I'm in a spot where I'm a couple picks away and I'm like, I'll take whichever one is available.
1: Sure. I imagine – I'd be surprised, honestly, if Kershaw goes after Syndergaard in drafts next year.
0: I don't think he will very often. I agree. I, I, agree imagine,
1: I imagine a decent chasm. I mean, I'm thinking. Look at Zach Greinke. Like I don't, I don't. I can make cases for Zach Greinke to be above Syndergaard. The consistency you can. with him, I uh, you know, more innings and just having a great season again.
0: The only reason I don't think he will be in in ADP style though is because he'll be 35, and I talk about it all the time. The fantasy community is so ageist. Awesome. They're I'll not taking a 35. I'll exactly. After that. That's more for us. That's more granky for us. Uh, he had the one bad transition year in 16, and he's been back to, um, I mean, not necessarily peak cranky, not that elite Dodger version, but really close to it.
1: Well, okay. And then there's one other guy, and his name is Steven Strausberg Spore.
0: Yes, so that's what we call a segue. Let's get on that segue <laughs> and zoom on over there to Mr. Strasburg. You want to talk about injury concern and and a consistent one at that. It's Strasburg. Not only do people, I think, mentally bake in at least one. I think a lot of people go in putting two DL stints on their bo- on their sheet or into their projection um, when they're when they're talking about Strasburg. He has just one 200 inning season, 127, 147, 175. The three years since coming into this year, he's only got 85. Um, he's not, he's, he's supposed to be due back this week, this upcoming week on Wednesday. So if he pitched from here on out, he'll, he'll eclipse 100, but I think it's actually going to be a career low since, um, since his rookie year and then the TJ. So I don't even, I would almost call it a career low just because the rookie season, he didn't start at the beginning of the year and then he got injured in that. So 11 doesn't really count, but either way, it's going to be the lowest of a season where he started on the major league roster at the beginning of the year. Now, so how do you reconcile that with his consistent injuries? Is Strasburg somebody that you're ready to buy in on uh in 19? And let's talk about what's going on with it.
1: Right. So it's kind of the same problem, honestly. uh it's a 3.29 oh. batting average allowed and 3.60 BABIP on his four-seamer. Uh his four-seamer just not has has not had good results this year. It's uh it's had a terrible pitch value last year was a 12.6 positive this year a negative 9.3 wow. and what i'm seeing i mean i'm seeing a little bit of him going more towards staying away and a little bit lower against right handers pretty much thigh high in a as opposed to actually it is does look a bit middle middle but there's also a good amount that's up in the zone too and i think he had a lot of success with that last season I uh, but at the same time I think it's just he's just made too many mistakes with it. He's there, he has had the same amount of home runs allowed this season in half of the amount of four seamers that's 10 for both 2017
0: and 2018 each. It, he it led has, baseball last year. 0. 0.7 was an, a major league lead uh for home run per nine for Strasburg this year like you said he's nearly doubled it at
1: 1.3. Right, and I think that comes straight from the the four seamer. I don't really think that his honestly that his changeup or slider, or not slider, but his curveball, are much different. He is increasing his slider usage a little bit, and that's often used to be a nullifier for a fastball. So like, I understand him going to that little, but I, I honestly, I just think it's just his fastball. is not nearly as effective as it used to be, uh, and that's something I think could come back. It's just small adjustments for our locations, which he's done before. His changeup is still a very good pitch. Mm-hmm. Uh, he does a great job of keeping that low in the zone. There has been a little bit more of it in the zone this season. I think that's hurting it a little bit. Last year was about 22 and change. This year it's about 30%. It costs 8 points on his swing strike rate and his O swings actually dropped 10 points because of it. But I think that's because he's using it a little bit differently. I don't think that's a positive thing but I think it's also because he's worried about his fastball getting hit a lot. So I think it's kind of him trying to balance out that problem with the heater. I think actually the real problem with that is location. So if you can figure that out, then I think the changeup becomes that fantastic swing strike pitch again. And his curveball is a really good pitch that he throws in the zone, and it's fantastic. And he should be throwing that more. So,
0: Strasburg also getting a ton of support from his defense. They're twentieth at minus eighteen uh, defensive runs saved, just as kind of a shorthand for what's going on. So again, not that it's not that it explains everything on a bad bib. But it, but it colors it a little bit more where you say, hey, you got this great stuff, even when you are getting some playable contact. He doesn't have a team well-equipped to turn that into outs. Right. So, again, you've got pitchers out here who, if they're – down season was 390 115 era whip they'd be very happy about that but he's got to get the homers in check and i agree that it's the fastball i I could not believe the pitch value when you mentioned it minus 9.3 from 12.6 last year that's such a difference you're going from a a really strong top of the heap curveball to one of the worst.
1: Yeah, and not to mention, he's thrown half the amount. 630 is supposed to about 1,300. So. And it's
0: an accumulative stat. Exactly. So getting negative 9.3 and just 600-plus thrown, that's ridiculous. That's absolutely brutal. All right, so Strasburg, what are you eyeballing for next year with him?
1: Right. Well, I mean, just for this season, just to just to get on that really quickly, because he is supposed yeah. to return on he's Wednesday. Let's come back Wednesday. Hopefully he's starting. There's been some weird haze about is he starting or is he
0: not? I don't know why... I mean, I, I don't know. Whatever. I know their bullpen sucks, but that's not the answer to that. <laughs> if, if anything, you bring him in, try to get six or right. seven. Like, why would eat you the bullpen as Why much. would you ever put? I don't. I don't. Know, That'd be man. such a waste. I'm sorry. That would be such a waste.
1: Uh, of course. So I mean, I have a, I have a term: DLH, disabled hangovers for extended DL stints. I'm. I don't know here. <laughs> I believe it's against the Mets, and I, 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 I want to say it filthy. is a Philly. Sorry, I. Uh, I, I feel like you could probably start him in a weekly. If you've been waiting on Strauss, you could probably do it. There is some hesitation I have to probably limit him a bit. Phillies have been known to every so often just have that great. They're up
0: game. and down, right? Yeah, they're not a total and runaway from. Uh, here's what scenario. You're chasing playoffs in your head-to-head points league. Do you do it?
1: You just got to go for it. Yeah, I
0: think you got to shoot the moon. In head-to-head
1: points league, you, more often than not, you just throw guys out and get points. So
0: yeah, that, that's true. I think I think DLH would probably have a harder threshold to not start a guy in a in a head-to-head right, points league. Exactly. Oh, definitely, definitely. Okay. 100% um, well, all right. Let's get to the the worst of the bunch here because it hasn't been going well, and he left his start today. I believe it was in AAA. you um, Darvish. Had to – his Iowa Cubs start uh, with his elbow. He's going to have an uh, MRI. This is a setback. I mean this has obviously been a nightmare season. He's thrown just 40 innings. They have not been good. 495-143 ERA whip combo. Strikeout rate still there. It's a a dead even 27% from what he had last year, although – that was down from the 30s that he used to live in. So you could even say that that's still an issue, even though it, it hasn't degraded further from last year. But then the walk rate has really shot up, and he hasn't had these walk rate issues since his debut. And actually, this is a career worst, 12%. The swinging strike rate's down to 11%, tying a career worst set back in 14, When he but he was still getting a ton of strikeouts. Hits are up, homers are way up, and the homers were a problem last year, too. That was what we were really starting to see, was home run issues out of Yu Darvish, What are we doing here now? Because, I mean, this is a lost season. There was some negativity coming in based on the World Series stuff. I was trying to parlay that into uh, draft benefit because I thought people were overrating two bad starts when he'd been really good in the playoffs before that. Right. They're obviously going to feel justified, but I don't think it has anything to do with the World Series thing. It's just a lost season due to the injuries. Where are we on Darvish right now as we wait to find out if he has to stay on the DL or what?
1: Well, okay. I believe he was pulled early in yes. that start. Is that correct? Yes. Uh, I would imagine from that from the elbow. This might be something where he just returns maybe the week before the end of the year and then yeah. just might again for the playoffs and maybe put him in a relief
0: and role. And it was in Honestly. Low A, just for the uh, sake of, of uh, f- full facts, it was in yeah. Low A, South not not AAA, yeah.
1: We, we, we don't do fake news here.
0: No fake uh, news. We're trying to get out the real news. So, yeah, he was pulled during that, getting an MRI. I guess the results might come out tomorrow or Tuesday for Darvish.
1: Right. Uh, I mean, I, I think if you own him and there's some benefit for you to exchange Darvish for something better at this point, I would go for that. Obviously, I, I would be very surprised if you got something m- much out of him for the rest of the year. And if he does come back... Who knows what that's going to present anyway? So
0: total DLH too, I think because uh,
1: exactly, hundred percent. So you might get
0: four innings of mediocrity. And Let me throw some names real quick. Yeah, sure. Um, if you were being offered Zach Eflin,
1: yeah, I'll take Zach Eflin. they will help me right now.
0: What about somebody we might get into next week? <laughs> Edwin Jackson. Oh Lord. <laughs> I mean,
1: honestly, if yes, because I I, I, think that, I might too. No, just because that is something that's benefiting possibly in some way, and I yes. don't really think that's going to happen with Jarvis right now.
0: No, I I agree that's there. That's really
1: that's it. Um, yeah. Oh
0: God, what, uh, we talking Joe, about E-Jax, we're talking Ajax, man. I know, about, I know. It's so. Man, what E-Jax. what world are we living in where e- e- jax and Anibal Sanchez are like?
1: Well, Anibal, <laughs> I understand.
0: I know because he still had good stuff, and home runs were a major issue, and so was health. I don't think we look at. Uh, edwin jackson's raw stuff and say oh we just needed him to get healthy and get on a team so no oh, i you're right man. that's an unfair comparison i, I think i'm just uh no, 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 but yeah it's ridiculous I'm marveling that sanchez came back though because he had been so bad i, for the- I agree with so, you there
1: no i'm just i'm what i'm seeing from sanchez is at least somewhat believable i
0: i agree there i, I agree. guess just- if i give you Luke- casey if- yeah, Lucchese, you're taking that for Darvish. Yes, right? yes. Yeah. So you're I just think, trying to get something yes, that's worth
1: if anything that's going to help you. I mean, Lucchese, I like more than Ajax for the record.
0: Yeah, I uh, think that's fair too. Um, Lu- Lucchese's had a really sneaky good season. He really has. And remember, he had the big start. Uh, the the fr- Not not just the very first start. His first several starts were really good. Then he went on the DL for an extended period. Came back, was bumpy, but then has settled, and he's yeah. just been like really. His sp-
1: most recent start was uh, it was tough. But, uh, yeah, otherwise. I mean, we're talking about him
0: on a down note. But Arizona's gotten to him a couple times this year, so maybe they just uh, they see him pretty well or whatever because they've actually actually all three times that they've faced him, they've they've pushed him around a bit. So he just doesn't fool this. the diamond.
1: This is something I really okay. I'm I'm really curious about. I don't I'm not familiar with the metrics of repeat performances against teams, but this is something I've heard you quote a couple times. Which is if familiarity?
0: See, yeah, if I see a division team that that is consistent, um, then I I put something into it. Now there was a study on beyond the box score on the you know how you can have the two start week where it's legitimately against them both teams like a home right, and home. Yeah, um, the data was found that. There's nothing. There's nothing. Right. Sometimes you are great in both. Right. Sometimes you are terrible. But that's in both. not what you're talking about, though. I'm talking about right divisional f- familiarity. If you're seeing a guy, and I think that just comes from like watching the Tigers every day, and you know there's certain guys that were going to come in, even like fourth starters who just had the right approach, they just owned them. I still see some other teams, and again, I think the Arizona offense is pretty good too. So sure, yeah it's something that I don't put too much weight into. For example, I wouldn't say that he's a blind do not start. I would say though, that if I'm doing a projection, for example, and my baseline projection of Luke when he faces Arizona, I move it down sure, because okay. I think he's shown a consistency against him that they're either probably they're on the churve is what I would say, because that's his best pitch. And that thing, they, man. like I said, they've knocked him around a few different times. He does. They do have one good start. Uh, he has, against it was five and two turns at Arizona back on um July sixth with five strikeouts and a walk. So okay. I just I, I, I keep an eye on it. Only divisional do I really give weight to it though. Cool. Uh yeah I mean I don't I don't have the
1: exact numbers of familiarity. Oftentimes I mean I, I know this isn't the most conventional thought process. I, it may be actually something a lot of people do. Is a lot of these stats like batter versus pitcher stuff, uh, handedness, uh, home away, home road stuff. I never really put any weight in any of that personally.
0: I don't. I don't put virtually anything in batter versus pitcher unless it's to such a magnitude. Right. Um, right. You like know, the Lincecum, the one that I'm always gets cited, Lincecum Goldie, uh, or if you're like over over for, for nine with eight strikeouts, like you're not seeing this guy. I know that's a, that's such a tiny sample, but you're clearly. I mean, eight strikeouts. Right. But even if you're like one for 12 the only way i would put stock into that is if i went and dug up the numbers and found that you like had five strikeouts you three dribblers like you got nothing off of him because if you just look at it as one for 12 you don't know if there were eight rockets
1: right that and just also got, that's oh. two hits away or three hits away
0: exactly that's the thing too if you did have a couple fall through then you're hitting 280 and, and nobody would have said anything so i totally agree right. with you there this is not a direct like one b yeah vision. no i'm just was yeah, just more of time. like I just I, I keep an eye on it when it's divisional, yeah. especially.
1: No, no, yeah, no. I I, just, I just thought it was a nice open door to them, but like, oh yeah, what do we use for weights and stuff? You know, because uh, I get this of questions yeah. all the time. Like, I, I you know, this guy against the the twins. You know, he oh the twins didn't great against them last two times. Aren't you worried? And
0: apparently, our boy Nick Pavetta can't go do anything against the Mets. Him. What? Four whiffs today, dude. What is Four? that? Four whiffs, honestly. I could take the runs if you were getting your whiffs, and maybe they were just getting you on some of the other pitches. Right. I'm the first one to tell bad. you to
1: defend. You no, know, he, he clearly did not have it today. Uh, I, I, I mean, this is the worst part about this. Um, I, under, I mean, the leagues I have, Bivetta, I'm disappointed, but there's a part of me that says, Oh man, maybe Vivetta will be out to the top 150 now. <laughs> no,
0: that's the thing, but here's the, here's the crazy thing too. I feel like I really every time that, he though. has a bad start, every time Bavetta has a bad start, he runs off three gems, and the reason I feel this way is because i got him in my 10 teamer at one point on the heels of one of the duds and then he had these the good starts the run that right. he had he was just on thankfully he got tanked today and i didn't feel as bad but right. that's the tough part about a 10 team head-to-head man you, you churn like i had anibal sanchez for a spell and i'm like oh, i'm not gonna hold anibal sanchez all year i don't want to get burned <laughs> gotta really? rule it and gotta yeah, rule it. i know especially with him i really should have because i loved anibal sanchez when he was good with the tigers but um yeah so I think with the three guys that we have here, I think we have a clear delineation where we still have Thor in the top tier. Maybe not uh, at the same spot, but we're pretty close in the top tier. We have Strasburg maybe the next tier, that secondary yes. tier right Yeah, there.
1: I, I mean, I'm looking at the list right now, thinking about for next year. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll, pro, I'll put him behind probably – I mean, again, this is safer, cataclysmic end of season six yeah. weeks or so. But I see the Blake Snell and Patrick Corbin. I see them above Strasburg for next I, season. I, Charlie Morton probably not. I, I see this as a career year for Morton, and I think that somehow, with some crazy juju, he's missed
0: his injury. Well, the that's season. the craziest part about his season, right? Is that I fact do not that understand? He stayed healthy. It. Yes, he because is
1: the most guaranteed injury risk there is locked
0: down, locked and, down, in and this now year he's fine. Knock on wood.
1: Clevenger.
0: Ah. <laughs> I could I could see somebody I, I going Stephen Drover Strauss. I don't right? think Push come to shove that I would pull that draft pick, but I I could see it. I could told Here's, totally here's
1: see the it. crazy thing. If you've been, if you've been following me on Twitter, I put out a tweet this morning about David Price. Last seventeen starts, he has a three ten ERA, or sorry, three twenty ERA, with a one point one one WHIP and a twenty five percent K rate, and he's been essentially been an ace the last seventeen.
0: Patience paid off, thankfully.
1: So, do I bank on that over Strasbourg <laughs> for next year? These are the fun talks we're going to be having a lot over the yeah. off season,
0: because obviously the, these are the kind of debates that we're going to. You know what? We could do something where we do like we have a debate, and each each of us takes one of the guys, and we do a deep dive. It could almost be a spinoff of what uh, the Baseball Hall anonymous does they do their extracts which are awesome they give each other a pitcher and a hitter like uh um, doug gives sammy a, a hitter sammy gives doug a pitcher and they deep dive them so we could do something similar where we say it's our, our our you know ranking battle this guy versus this guy you get all your notes on your okay, guy i'll get I mean, all my yeah. notes on my guy and then we talk about him and see if we can kind of convince the other that they should be a little bit higher on that. Something, something tells
1: me that we're, that we're not going to do much convincing. I'm just-
0: <laughs> no, I, that part is probably just a saying. Oh, but, but it'll be fun to definitely do it. So, uh, <laughs> but then eyeballing it again, just a range, just a, a notion. Darvish, what the heck are you doing with him in nineteen? Oh, are you man. even taking him at this point? I, I, obviously, everyone has a price. I think, assume that no, just I think. No, I think he's going to fall a lot. I think. You he's think so? gonna be I, I wouldn't be shocked if Darvish is out of the top thirty.
1: And, and that opens things up right away. Well, oh, right. I mean, considering the fact that this year, I mean, I, I see it as essentially there are twenty guys, maybe twenty-five. yeah, I'm looking at it now. Yeah, but twenty-five to thirty that I feel really good about. Yeah, I and think. And after awesome. that, it's just the glob. A lot of Why yeah, well, yeah, yeah, sure. Let's let's go with that. Uh, I, it, it's terrible. So at, the, at those points, yeah, I would go for Darvish around, around thirty or so.
0: All right, that's so right last team. year, this is the last year's ADP, um, the, the, or this year's ADP, I should say, but but from March that's in the 24th, NFC, my guess he went. He was the fifteenth starter. He was really? a top. Oh yeah, that's pick. right. He was going the NFC, Nola. and they bump they bump starters up. They they right. go out and they try to get their hosses, and he was seen as a hoss. Now this includes um, RPs. Obviously, that doesn't matter for or darvish because uh oh pardon me
1: oh there's kenley jansen
0: kenley and kimbrell so he was actually the 13th sp wow um so let me go to like the 38th starter let's just say like about eight relievers um okay barrios was in he was 37th i don't know how many relievers are in there let's say like seven or eight so he's about the 30th pitcher he still went pick 103 right would you take darvish just outside the top 100 uh, if, yeah. if we got the necessary, hey, yes. he's healthy, he's coming back. If we got positive news, obviously things change. If we get negative news before anybody says, well, what if he goes through? Well, obviously, if it's bad, we're going to react. Well, right, but if right. it's, but if it's, he finishes the season on the mound, um, even if it's just like a two reliever starts the way Thor had or something, he gets positive reports. Are you taking him in the top one ten? Let's say. Yeah, I think I, I think I do. Okay, I think I, I can think- get behind you too because. His upside is still substantial, right?
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, and again, it's it's you know it goes to show kind of the the lack of strong options, uh, and Darvish could easily be one of them. By the way, I should note I had him at twelve entering the season, so I can't I can't comment. Yeah, on you that.
0: were you were right there. I mean, I was too. Let me see where I had him because I, I I've always been a Darvish guy. Now the only thing I didn't love is just kind of a general thing that I don't love guys in the first year of a big deal. So even though I ranked him, I ended up ranking him thirteen. I wasn't really taking him. Um I was just waiting and then <laughs> taking Archer as if that worked. <laughs>
1: I mean I had I had Granky at nine, so I was I was always taking Granky essentially over Darvish. Rarely did
0: Which yeah, which is smart because obviously he was a monster this year. So so that's where we are on the on the broken aces right now and uh it's it's still an interesting landscape out there. And by the way, I, I know we talked about how disastrous the starting the spot starting landscape is. I don't know that it's gotten much better, but it'll be interesting to see if September call ups okay. start to change it. And there's a guy that we'll have to talk about next week.
1: Well, I mean, I'm you know I'm going to do a gift breakdown for pitcher list on
0: for Copac? for, for, for Copac. Yeah, okay. I'm, yeah, that's, that's my, what I'm my talking Tuesday about.
1: night's game. I'm going to be watching it, so
0: of course, same here. Yeah, I'll be watching. Out. it. So we we'll, <laughs> we will talk about it. Um, obviously, if he stays up, he'll be a two star So we might have just gotten off of a start that sunday when we talk next week so we'll have two starts to go off of we will definitely talk about him he might not be the main topic but he will be discussed do not worry
1: we will definitely we'll definitely mention it but yeah this was a fun one
0: it was a lot of fun uh you know we have some positive things to say about these guys it is so crazy how quickly pitching changes though because we had you know i had thor five i had strasburg eight and i would have said lockdown top tens and now we're up we're up in the air on them so we'll be back next week talking some copec with something else as always you can tweet us uh at spore at pitcher list if you have topic ideas we are going to do our schedule cast soon that might be next week as well if not it'll definitely be the week after where we break down who has the best schedules who has the worst because nick is going to be uh that's basically what the pitcher list is going to turn into is is more of a schedule list because it's more useful that way
1: that That first one is such a brutal thing to do, but i, I will do it. <laughs> You'll put in the legwork it's every and, uh, single expected star for the top one hundred.
0: And that, yeah, that's gonna be a lot of legwork. <laughs> so we will discuss that. Uh, and I'll talk to you next week.
1: All right. See you, Spore.
0: An unfair advantage to dominate your fantasy baseball league? Well, look no further and download SquadQL, the only mobile app you need to crush your friends and rivals this year. Download SquadQL for free for your Apple and Android devices. SquadQL recommends the best starting lineup each day based on your starters, bench players, and free agent pool. How does SquadQL actually do this? The app connects directly with your Yahoo, ESPN, and CBS leagues, pulling in your actual roster, your league's scoring system. The app also provides waiver-wire recommendations, daily updates to player rankings, and much more. Head to the Apple app or Google Play stores to download SquadQL, your all-in-one fantasy baseball manager. SquadQL is brought to you by the creators of RotoQL, RotoQL